Sometimes you won't know what a person has accomplished or overcome until you get the chance to hear their story. I've realized that being grateful takes being intentional. And it's inspiring when you learn what others are grateful for. Welcome to the I Am Grateful For podcast. I am Hope Lavender. I am grateful for hopes to encourage people to think about what they're grateful for despite hardships and difficult situations. To choose to look past the negativity and the temptation to spread it by facilitating an atmosphere of gratitude instead. We aren't denying that life is hard and unfortunate things happen, but we are hoping to share the joy of knowing that nonetheless we can still find something to be grateful for. On this podcast, you will hear stories from people from all walks of life about the places they've been, the decisions they've made, and how those decisions have shaped them into the person they are today. So let's jump into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Mitch Lavender. I'm here with Hope, the owner, founder, CEO, starter of I Am Grateful For Podcast. And she's cheesing at me right now. Yeah, I don't know about all those titles. <laughs> Just a humble interviewer. <laughs> well, hey, we uh, have the opportunity to kind of relaunch here. And as the first interview, we thought it would only be appropriate to hear from Hope and just her mind and her heart with I Am Grateful For podcast. So we got a series of questions here and a cool interview we get to do. So go ahead and tune in. And yeah, Hope, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Excited to be able to hang out with my husband. and <laughs> We're in Santa Rosa Beach right now. So it's nice to have some time to really sit down and do an interview and think through just this year and mm-hmm. just dreams that we have for the podcast this season so yeah it's exciting it's nice all right so let's kick it off what is i am grateful for what started this podcast yeah so it's a podcast that's determined to share the stories of different people and their walks of life i think everyone has a story Mm -hmm. um sometimes we don't get to always slow down and hear those stories and empathize with one another and see how much we have in common some and uh i think it started initially um after high school i had a god mom who every day she would text me she's still to this day this is like back in 2012 she would text me what she was grateful for and i've seen some of those texts yeah it's (laughs) awesome and i admired that so much that i had a group of close friends in college and i was like hey we should do this like when we're eating dinner together in the cafeteria we should talk about what we're grateful for and and so they were totally down and it kind of was something we would do and and tried to kind of start up back when I was at Syracuse in New York and from there it kind of blended into becoming a podcast where uh, podcasts were just starting to become popular I hadn't even completely bought in I'll talk about that a little bit later but (laughs) Just trying to use platforms in which we could really connect with people and get people's stories out there. Mm -hmm. Just want to learn about other people's experiences. So, um, yeah, I think that's kind of why it started, um, Mm -hmm. the roots and the origins of it. But really a platform to be able to empathize with people's stories and be inspired by them. Yeah, so people's stories 
being inspired by them, empathizing with them, taking the time to listen to them. Mm-hmm. And then your godmother, who inspired you and still does yeah. <laughs> by sending you these lists of what she's grateful for. Mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty awesome. And how have the interviews in, say, season one impacted you? I know I've listened to them, mm-hmm. and they've definitely impacted me. And I can recall different things people have said and just kind of eye-opening insights. Well, how has it impacted you being the interviewer of the people, you know? Yeah, I even just that question alone, I'm thinking about the people who made time to interview. And, man, I just love them each so much. Mm-hmm. And I felt like these people have shared their story with me. And I feel so honored mm-hmm. that they would even trust me to share these parts of their lives. And yeah. Who am I to be able to hear this story? I feel like I'm so inspired. I I would love to inspire other people. So I'm definitely thankful for everyone in the first season that made time. Um, But I think one of the biggest ways that it's impacted me, there's a song that I heard about recently called Heal My Heart. One of the lyrics in the song were, I might look good on the outside, but I'm broken on the inside and I need you to heal my heart. Um, Referring to God. And I just... I was so, I think, I think that song really embodies how I felt about season one. Like you see people and you admire them and you learn from them, but like we're all broken people that need healing, you know, Mm -hmm. and that we need to be whole and, and to grow into the people that we are meant to be. And I feel like talking to the different friends and people that have walked into my life at different spaces and places I just feel so much more compassion towards Mm -hmm. people I think Mm -hmm. that's the biggest impact that it left on me was sometimes you really don't know what people have gone through and the things that they've overcome Mm -hmm. um, the challenges in their childhood or Mm -hmm. health and mental health but yet they've persevered and they've pushed through it's almost like a blossom like they Mm -hmm. they open up and they're so beautiful but you didn't know like what it took for them to get there Um, and you have so much more respect for them because Mm -hmm. you've seen how much they've persevered and pushed through those tough times so Mm -hmm. yeah they become some of my my greatest friends um yeah even if we're not like super close just the fact that i hold them dear to my heart because Mm -hmm. I just really am so inspired by them and their, yeah. their life. You reminded me of the saying that used to be popular, which is don't judge a book by its cover. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And how sometimes you just, yeah, what you think about the book, you judge it, you're looking at it, oh, it's the wrong color, I don't like it, the titles, <laughs> whatever. But you actually never read it. Yeah. But when you actually take the time to read it. This book is amazing. Now all of a sudden the cover makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Or even the reverse of that, I would say. I think, especially right now with our generation, there's a lot of, like, social push with social media to, like, Mm -hmm. show these snapshots of our life and these, like, almost little photo reels of all the great things. But sometimes you don't know, like, like, what did it take for them to make that accomplishment that they're posting about? Mm -hmm. Or Mm -hmm. what did it take for them to become the confident person that they are? Yeah. That they weren't always that way. You know, it kind of makes people real again. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a good way to put that. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Are there any difficulties you faced personally with I Am Grateful For? Keeping it going? um, Anything? Yeah, definitely. I think when I really 
push through season one to with your help. Mitchell did a lot of the editing for I Am Grateful For, which I'm so thankful for. Routine. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I think some of the difficulties of I Am Grateful For were just pushing through, learning how to balance, um, running the podcast, interviewing people, mm-hmm. um, learning the different sides of having a podcast. Like it's not just like the the side of interviewing, but it's the the text to explain what was going on in that interview. It was the what's the catchy title that captures this amazing person's story in like three to five words. Right. <laughs> How do I post this on social media and the different platforms of Facebook versus Instagram and the sizes and the photo editing and the it yeah. just it was a lot i yeah. think trying to really get it out there in the most effective way that i in the platform in this in the space that i wanted it to make an impact which was via social media mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and on top of that i think balancing my first year of grad school we got married that year yep. um and that was awesome but it was also a transition of mm-hmm. learning how we had a flow and becoming more active in Tallahassee and the community here, but also through the community of, of the body and Christ in Tallahassee. So I just felt like there's a lot of transition mm-hmm. um, in trying to still ha- like pursue this passion of the podcast and still pursue these amazing a- other areas in my life. Um, right. I just felt like it was hard to find that balance. I think that was a huge difficulty um, I also think just trying to grow on my personal gratitude outside of social media. I had a dear friend of mine who just shared like, hey, like, you know, social media is great. But like, you know, are you really a person of gratitude outside of social media? Right. Yeah. And it, <laughs> and it wasn't condescending at all, but it definitely made me think like, yeah. OK, am I only grateful when I can post on Instagram? That's so <laughs> like, like, real. Am I grateful outside of that? And what does that look like? Yeah. Um, yeah, it kind of goes back to what you just said about social media, all of the highlights and so so on and so forth. But, like, how did you get there? Mm-hmm. You know, and you actually being a grateful person, not just simply talking about gratitude. Exactly. That's that's challenging. It's like almost being a hypocrite because mm-hmm. I look one way, but I'm not actually doing it, you know? Yeah, same, you know? It's a good way to evaluate also some some insecurities that I needed to work through too mm-hmm. um just other people's idea of starting the podcast because I think I like I mentioned briefly like it started with Instagram and then it was encouraged like why don't you try a podcast so trying to buy into that idea when I I wasn't even into podcasts at the time but mm-hmm. I knew it was something that was on the up and coming at the time yeah and then learning like it was okay for me to ask for help like Hmm. There's a lot of skills that I didn't know how to do. Um, like yeah. I don't, I don't understand the world of audio editing, and you know, social media was such a new thing to try to like 
do from a business perspective versus mm-hmm. a personal perspective. So right. just learning to to ask for help. Yeah, you know, and that's okay. Yeah, that's a powerful thought. Um, relying on the people in your community to contribute to what you're trying to build, mm-hmm. I think is it's a beautiful and challenging thing. Yeah, there was a lot of people who were willing to help. I think I just mm-hmm. had to learn to take them at their word. So, in dealing with all of that, insecurities, all of the the plethora of different things you had to learn how to do, having to ask for help or accept help, what kept you going? Yeah, I think I think what kept me going was respect for the people who made time out of their busy schedules to share their stories. Mm. I just felt like it was the least that I could do. Like mm-hmm. out of Yeah, I think out of respect for them taking time out of their busy schedules, like how could I not post their stories? Right. Um Yes, I felt insecure. Yes, I felt not good enough. Maybe there was fear of success as one of my good friends, Leah, has shared. Um I'm excited to share her story too but um (laughs) yeah maybe it just it was like you know okay that it's good to acknowledge that and to to even validate those feelings but not stay there Mm -hmm. like move past that and think about like how can I show my appreciation appreciate how can I actually show my appreciation and gratitude for the people who made time Mm. to share their stories and I think also with 2020, there's just been so much. <laughs> yeah, I've been, oh gosh. Yeah, there's been a lot going on. Um, yeah. But just to even touch on one, I know there's been so many injustices going on in our country and our world that mm-hmm. people are learning like we need to have those conversations. But I think mm-hmm. specifically with race, um, I'm just thankful that there have been a lot more real conversations about things that have been going on for a while, mm-hmm. but maybe we are too busy to to notice or too apathetic to talk about. That's how I know I felt through it um, yeah. in some of the reflection of this year. And um, yeah, I just, I think one of the most, I think one of the interesting things through this time with the conversation of race that people have been making space to talk about Mm -hmm. is especially via social media people have been very polarized in their opinions yes and very vocal right um there hasn't really been a lot of listening per se Mm -hmm. not to say that no one's listening i definitely feel like there have been a lot of people that are but Mm -hmm. from the conversations i've had with a lot of close friends they just feel like i almost want to get off of social media because everyone is shocking me with some of the things that they're saying, you know, like that's kind of been one side of the coin that I've seen and heard. But then I think being a part of the church, I've really been moved to see the reaction on the opposite side in the sense of the panel that we did that you were a part of and several of our other black friends were a part of where they just shared their experiences and very openly and honestly and to see people who are white or Hispanic or Italian or, you know, multiple races, just their humility of like, wow, I've never realized that that's how you felt. Like, mm-hmm. that breaks my heart to know that 
like you've been feeling that and have grown up feeling that way and I just never knew Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. um I even had one friend who she shared like wow like I think for the first time it's clicked like for some black people when they see when I see like she was white and she said when I see a cop like I feel protected but for some black people when they see a cop they feel afraid or like they need to go into defense mode um Mm -hmm. And it was like, I've never understood that until this moment that you feel fear when mm-hmm. you see a police versus protection. And so it's things like that, that where I was like, wow, like people are moved in their inner being because they just listened and right. heard other people's experiences. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that that's very powerful. And for the sake of you listening, that statement is very powerful. We don't want you to get lost in it and that we think cops are bad or all that stuff. We're not trying to no. overgeneralize yeah. anything no. because you can't overgeneralize. It's just, it's unfair. Life is too complex for that. But the personal experiences of people, I think, are being shared. Yeah. Specifically with race. Mm-hmm. And that personal experience, even as a black man, I haven't necessarily articulated my personal experience or the nuances of it just because I never really felt like it was worth talking about. Mm-hmm. But yeah. there is space for that conversation yeah. that's being created. And when people listen and when we we speak in a loving, respectful way, I think a lot of good, a lot of good can come from that. Yeah, I think I was just I have been moved by how powerful those stories are and how connecting and unifying they can be regardless of race and color um, Mm -hmm. or culture because people can empathize with one another. Not to say that those things don't exist or that they're not important, but just how stories really bond people in a way like nothing Mm -hmm. else that I really know. Yeah, because we we all have that in common. Mm-hmm. regardless of where we're from what we look like or what we've been through pain experiences perspectives we all have those we mm-hmm. just don't always know because we don't like you said take the time to listen yeah so that's actually kind of part of why we wanted to start doing another season was to share and kind of celebrate those stories mm-hmm. and different people that are black and where they've gone, where they've been. I'm actually really excited. Um, our first interview is going to be with Jack Hadley. Yeah. Um, oh, he is the owner of the Black History Museum in Thomasville, Georgia, that mm-hmm. he started, and his family supported him to keep going with. And people like him, that is just like, wow, I just would never know like how you got to this point. And mm-hmm. this is so inspiring to see what you've made and created just right. through right. your passion. Yeah. Um, and his love for his community and the way the community has helped even put that museum together was something that was eye-opening to me. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have to listen to that when we can't give all the goods away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, thanks for sharing that. That makes sense. So the mixture of all of that, this year, 2020, being particularly a very unexpected year, to put it at the very least, because mm-hmm. the spectrum of what people have experienced is so multi-layered. The respect for the people who've made time to share their stories and you seeing that continued need for people to connect and listen to each other's stories yeah. is really a mixture of what's kept you going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. It's powerful. You have more thoughts on that? Or? Yeah, I, just, I think the last thought I have is just, yeah, I mean, the hope is that 
we can be able to identify with one another and be quick to listen versus like just quick to post. <laughs> yeah. And if we could learn from each other's stories and hopefully be inspired to make a difference that that can be the things that we post and we share about like, right. I didn't know about this, but now that I do, I really want to share this person's story. So with all the things that kept you going, one thing I think is good for us to talk briefly about too is just this this year with not just the race stuff. I'd love to hear some more of your heart with that. But with 2020 in general, how's that impacted you? How's that impacted your mindset with I'm grateful for? Yeah, I think it has been a hard year. Yeah. I mean, just with everything with the racial injustice, I've had a mix of feelings. I felt apathetic in the beginning because it kind of felt like here we go again um which then turned into anger trying to process how i felt about the judicial system and what true justice looks like um but then hearing different people's stories definitely softened my heart um which of course impacts i am grateful for just realizing like man stories really help sometimes Mm um so i feel like it softened my heart to really see like man like it's okay to hate the the evil parts of what's going on um but it's in to mourn with people who are mourning and to be sad with those who are losing loved ones but also to to still have a heart to see how can i help how can i love the people around me and and comfort and be there for people yeah um, and not fight with the same weapons of war that the world's fighting with. Yeah. Because a lot of people turn into violence and ostracization or putting people in boxes, overgeneralizations. Yeah. It's not really unifying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think trying to learn how to, what's my role in all that. And yeah. I think I'm definitely still navigating and figuring that out on top of processing the overwhelm and no. To be honest, there were times where I felt like, okay, now I'm the token black person and everyone wants to ask me all these questions about like <laughs> what they can do and I, I don't know how to fix it and I'm still navigating my own emotions on how to fix it, but yes. trying to be supportive and empathetic with like, this is a conversation that I've had my whole life growing up. Uh, I think the black community does a great job of really teaching our history and things that we've experienced. Mm-hmm. But I think I've also realized that for a lot of people, this is the first time that they're ever really hearing about a lot of it. So yeah. it's yeah. it's new and for, for my close and genuine friends, like they really want to know how they can yeah. help. And so yeah. trying to get my heart in a place where I'm emotionally able to be honest, but gentle. And mm-hmm. like I said, I, I think that changes from week to week how I feel sometimes about everything going on. But <laughs> You're week to week. You're better than me. Sometimes it's day to day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's day to day too. <laughs> um, but I think outside of that, there's also, I mean, just COVID-19. Like it's, yeah. We're going through a global pandemic. I feel like in the last week, at least once a day, I've told you like, 
Mitch, we're living through a pandemic right now. Like, mm. This is crazy. Like, right. who would have ever thought we would yeah. ever live through a pandemic? Something that has literally changed the day-to-day lives of our entire world. Yeah. I, I don't ever think I thought I would see something like this. Me either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even people, older, younger, everyone yeah. is like, this is so yeah weird (laughs) so like this is so i never would have expected to live through this i think a lot of people are feeling that way too but yeah i think it's been a mixed bag there's been some of it where it's like man you and i i think for our marriage we've been able to meet more neighbors than we ever have in the past year and build some really good friendships with them and Mm -hmm. you know have some zoom dates with some people in our neighborhood that we're growing in our friendship with or learning how to slow down and and see where we were just doing way too much like we were in hyper speed in a lot of ways um but then at the same token like there's been a lot of hard parts of covid to navigate emotions through of like Mm -hmm. people losing their jobs and people trying to figure out unemployment and like family members mourning the loss of loved ones and or not being able to because they can't physically see loved ones um a lot of our friends in the churches overseas and especially in italy have been keeping us in the loop with like how the church is doing there but also how just their their cities and their their nation is and that's been a lot to process Mm -hmm. so i just think learning how to still look for what to be grateful for in the midst of a pandemic <laughs> like what to be grateful for in the midst of grieving and mourning and loss um, but knowing that there are still even in those moments things to be grateful for even if it is like being grateful for the space to mourn mm-hmm. or grieve or the space to be sad and know that there's purpose in that too right. yeah no, I, I'm with you. And there's so many different parts of this year that I'm personally not, I'm not there yet. I'm not grateful mm-hmm. for yet. I, I, I want to be, um, you know, mm-hmm. I think sometimes time and hindsight help. But I definitely think I am, I am thankful for the space to mourn and to talk through some things, but this is complex mm-hmm. it's complex okay well landing the plane here um got some exciting things coming yep yeah we can't go into detail about all the exciting things but we definitely want you guys to stay tuned um mm-hmm. and hear about those some of that will be uh, some merch that's mm-hmm. gonna be coming through some uh, that's what the kids call it nowadays I am grateful for you. <laughs> uh, and also doing some partnerships with some other companies in the future. And of course, really great interviews and stories. Of course, we gave you a sneak peek of Jack Hadley, which will be coming out soon. Yep. But Keep it yeah, we got a lot August. of really great stories. I'm really excited to share with you guys um, different places people have traveled. Mm-hmm. Uh, different experiences it's just really really cool yeah. to be able to learn some things that people have gone and experienced 
mm-hmm. and how they've managed to stay grateful despite those hard things too because I think that's also been kind of a source of hope in the midst of everything is seeing people who have personally lost people mm-hmm. or gone through just really hard situations and how 